In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. Yesterday, out in Long Island, I officiated at the wedding of Erica and Michael um, Wasik. Michael's mother, Linda, is the longtime director at the Mary Cat's Castle School, which is on the second floor of St. Christopher's House, above our social hall. Um, Michael grew up running through the halls of Mary Cat's, and now he helps repair the halls of Mary Cat's on occasion. Um, so it was great fun to officiate at their wedding. Um, I knew some of the people and got to know a lot more, and so um, uh, I stayed for the reception. And at one point, there was one of those awkward things where the DJ tricked all of the tables into standing and joining people on the dance floor. And so there we were. And I looked across the way, and I saw another priest kind of awkwardly dancing. And I thought, who who is that? I hadn't noticed that person. And I I looked again, and and then I realized it was me. Something about the mirrors and the strange lighting in this venue, you know. Um, But then I thought about today, this All Saints Sunday. And in a way, that was a wonderful image of being in a room of mirrors where the images are shifting and changing, and I catch a glimmer of myself, or is it myself, or is it someone else, or is it someone who looks like me? It's not always easy to look into the mirror. Especially it's not easy to look deeply into a mirror sometimes. But I think the Feast of All Saints, whether we celebrate it fully on All Saints Day on November 1st, or a little bit on All Souls on November 2nd, or the next Sunday, like we do here, this Feast of All Saints invites us to look into a mirror of sorts, to to notice our reflection, and to notice all that goes into that reflection, We're invited to to notice what in our own lives reflects those who have gone before us, and perhaps even to consider a little bit of what of God's goodness and love we might occasionally reflect to others. As we consider the saints, we can first notice them, and then we can ask for their help, And finally, we can rejoice and give thanks for those places where we may resemble them as we continue to aim to grow in faith, wisdom, and love. It may sound a little strange to think of looking in a mirror on this day when we focus on others, really, the saints. We tend to focus on the saints that are in stained glass windows or that are recorded on feast days in the prayer book or in songs like we just sang. Those, of course, are saints in all capital letters. But we remember also the saints we have known, the familiar saints, Those who have lived strong lives of faith that have inspired us and shown us another side of God. If you're at all like me, it's kind of hard to think of yourself even in the same sentence with the word saint. (laughs) 
We think of them as far away, as hopelessly more perfect than we could ever ask or imagine. When we think of the saints, we notice first off a comparison and we we feel distance and separation. We notice the difference and we can get stuck on our own shortcomings and failures, those places where we've been less than faithful and are less than perfect. And yet, the saints and sainthood itself is much closer than we might imagine. Recall that throughout in the New Testament, the word saint refers simply to someone who puts her faith in Jesus Christ. In scripture, one doesn't have to be a martyr or even a particularly holy person to be called a saint. The Apostle Paul addresses his letter to the Romans, to all God's beloved in Rome who are called to be saints. That's everybody. In another place, as Paul tries to help the Corinthian church sort out some of its squabbles, Paul suggests that the aggrieved parties not go to secular courts, but go before the saints. And by that, he means the local gathering of -of run-of-the-mill Christians. In the Revelation to John, John shows us various pictures of saints, some who have died for their faith, others who have died natural deaths, but all of them ordinary believers made extraordinary through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it's a grand and glorious company. How perfect that we celebrate the Feast of All Saints with the marathon crowds just down at the end of the block. And we can hear their cheering like sound effects to the sermon and the music that we'll hear today. John imagines that great multitude as he writes, which no one can number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits upon the throne and to the Lamb. And so the saints are ordinary and extraordinary faithful people. They are surely the ones in the stained glass windows, but they're also the ones in our photo albums. And they live eternally with God to pray for us and to offer us help. Now, sometimes the church has taken that to its extreme. And in the Middle Ages, most of us are familiar with how it became popular and profitable for the church anyway for people to pray for loved ones who were imagined to be stuck in a purgatory, an in-between place. It was thought that they needed our prayers to, to move them on through purgatory and into heaven. Well, pastorally, in our own lives, perhaps we can think of those times when, especially if we have known those people who really didn't know a lot of peace in this life, uh, perhaps they can use our prayers so that they might fully know the peace of the next life, so that they might know the encouragement and the welcome of the communion of saints that beckon for them. But more than anything, the faithful departed pray for us. They watch over us. They encourage us and cheer us on, just like those crowds down the street. And so I unashamedly ask for help from the saints, sometimes the famous saints and sometimes the not-so-famous. 
when I begin to wonder if God is listening, I can ask St. Teresa of Avila for help. It was St. Teresa, after all, who went 18 years feeling as though God had other things to do than listen to her prayers. But she kept on praying. She kept on in hope and belief that God somewhere, somehow was listening. And at the end of that 18-year dry spell, she came to know God at a deeper level than she'd ever, ever imagined. Sometimes when I begin to get discouraged about church politics, I ask St. Hugh of Lincoln for help. (laughs) Hugh was a 13th century monastic and priest and eventually bishop, but he navigated all the politics of his day, both the secular politics and the religious politics, and never lost his touch with common people. I also like Hugh because he had a pet swan that was sort of a protector for him and hovered around his house and kept the mean people away. (laughs) Closer to home, I can ask local saints for help. In a sticky problem with church finance or church politics, I can call on Dick Schumacher for help, and he shows up. I can ask others, a former senior warden, a former usher from another church, a a former church musician, who I can feel just a little bit over my shoulder, encouraging me, pushing me on, saying it's going to be okay. And so on this All Saints Sunday, yes, we notice the saints, we remember them, but let us also remember to ask for help when we need it or to pause and notice the help they mean to provide. But also, especially on this day, we can pause and give thanks for the ways in which perhaps we resemble some of our spiritual forebears. At yesterday's wedding, it was great fun to trace some of the family resemblances. Though I knew Michael's mother from across the way, and I'd met his sister, I had not yet met Erica's family or Michael's larger extended family. And the best part of the afternoon was watching all the resemblances. I could see uh, Erica got her laugh from her mother. Uh, Michael got his sense of humor from his mother and father, and certainly his brother. On and on and on the character traits went, but also more deeply, I could begin to see where they get a sense of faith, where they get a sense of persistence, where they get their vision for the love that they will celebrate for years and years to come. Who gives us the best of what we are? In a few minutes, as we pray the names of those local saints that we have known and loved, I encourage you to think of that prayer time as a kind of mirror, to notice those places where perhaps you resemble some of those saints who have gone before us, those parts of yourself that are are loving and merciful and wise. Notice those parts of yourself that have been able to stand for justice and fairness, for God's way. Notice those parts of yourself that are generous and kind and Christ-like on occasion. And give thanks that you're like those who've gone before. 
May God continue to give us the grace to follow and become the blessed saints in all virtuous and godly living. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.